Hello, everyone. This is David Douthat. This is Molly Douthat. And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today's podcast will cover the lectionary selections for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. We're on retreat at the beach, so we have a slightly abbreviated episode this week. In Matthew, we continue with the Sermon on the Mount and a City on a Hill. Paul reminds the Corinthians that he brought them God's power, not human wisdom. And in Isaiah, the people get a lesson in fasting. We have illustrations and special effects to let your sermon shine before people. We've established this podcast based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, we develop illustrations and special effects for the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary. They use various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. We call them word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage. As we read and reflect on the scripture passages for each week, we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We're glad to have you here, or welcome the first time. We're glad to have you here, too. We are on retreat at the beach, as happens this time, uh, or has happened this time every year for the last several years. And so um, a slightly abbreviated episode, uh, and... Well, that's our intention, anyway. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but we... uh, we're dropping the psalm this week, and um, we didn't, to be honest, we didn't push ourselves too hard uh, <laughs> on the other items. Sorry, not sorry. Hey, we're at the beach. So um, we do have an episode from three years ago that you can go look at for other uh, ideas that may definitely will probably not be in this show. Yes. I already yes. looked. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. So uh, check that out at morethanhearing.org. And uh, we'll have a link for it in this week's show notes as well. So consequently, uh, you can probably tell the sound quality is different. That's because we're in our hotel room here and um, on unusual equipment. So uh, again, sorry, not too sorry, because we're (laughs) at the beach. So um, Okay, why don't we get started? Let's get started. So we're going to start with the gospel lesson for year A, Ordinary 5, and that is Matthew 5, verses 13 to 20. And this is continuing in the Sermon on the Mount, picking up right from the end of the Beatitudes from last week. And uh, so it's Jesus saying, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can you give it saltiness again? You, You can't. So just throw it out. Um, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. So, and, and nobody puts a, a lamp under a, a bushel basket, but on a lampstand. So let your light shine. 
And don't think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets, but I have come to fulfill them. So whoever breaks one of these commandments is the least in the kingdom. Whoever does the things that I say will be the greatest in the kingdom. And unless you exceed the righteousness of the, the fibes and the scrarisies, who? Scribes and the Pharisees. Oh! You'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So there you go. All right, we've got for you some uh, body smart, a tiny bit of music smart, some nature smart, and self smart. Molly, you want to start us with body smart? Sure. Um, I'm looking at verse 17 where Jesus comes uh, or says that he has come to fulfill the law. Uh, it's also, a, a, uh, in some of the commentary I read, suggested that um, it's filling out. Uh, so kind of, you know, uh, sort of a swelling there. Um, <laughs> which made me think... Put some cream on that. It, yeah, right. Which uh, made me think, have you ever bought clothing or shoes that are just a little too big? Uh, maybe sometimes you buy clothing that's a little too big just because it's a little more comfortable. Well, yeah. um, but shoes, that's really not terribly helpful. You want your shoes to fit. So if you decide to keep the shoes, even if they are just a little too big, you tend to fill them out with some, side of, some sort of stuffing in the toes, like cotton balls or Kleenex or you know, cardboard or newspaper or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, you stick something in there to keep your feet from sliding around inside your shoes. So Jesus fills out the law of Moses, but through his own life and not with tissues. So there's an illustration for using a body smart, a part of your body, to illustrate the idea of filling out. Mm -hmm. um, for I, a, I got a lot of hand-me-downs as a kid, and my brother was bigger than me yeah. uh, as a rule. So there was some of that yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a, um, uh, a special effect with the idea of filling out, uh, invite a child uh, to come up and try on some grown-up shoes or some grown-up clothes. And, you know, you'll make a lot of, of the fact that, you know, gosh, these shoes are so big. You're, you keep their own shoes on their feet when they put their shoes yeah. on, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the jackets that kind of flap around them or if it's a dress that drags along on the ground. And, and ask, well, what can you do right now to fill out these items, how can you how can you make this this fit? And, you know, kind of work with it a little bit. You know, maybe tuck some things up or put a belt around or things like that. But as you're doing that, talk about well, what's really going to help you fill out these clothes is simply to grow up, and eventually you fill them out as you get bigger. And so what we do as as faithful followers of Jesus is we grow and we fill out the law and the commandments as we become bigger, bigger Christians. Nice. And I just thought of that as I, I was sitting here thinking about awesome. it. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. I like that. Uh, we also have a little tiny bit of a crossover with the nature smart, but we'll get to that when David gets there. For a music smart illustration, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> I think we did that one. Three yep, years three ago, years yes, ago, I actually maybe. went and looked. We didn't, okay. we didn't link to it, though. I have a oh, link okay. this time. So. Right. In case you don't know it. Right. You ought to. <laughs> you ought to. Okay. For our nature smart, salt is one of the only spices that can enhance and bring out other flavors in a dish. So that, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, 
you've got the salty receptors on your tongue, but the way that it interacts with food, it also uh, ramps up the other things. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we like to taste because our bodies need sodium chloride, which might have something to do with having come out of the oceans. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway... Um, sprinkling a bit of sodium chloride onto other foods ensures that we'll consume lots of other essential nutrients besides the sodium chloride because salt makes pretty much everything taste better. Right. And you, we know this because people are putting lots of salt lots on of their salt food and everything. Yep. And, uh, you know, we put in ice cream now and, um, you know, and, and candy and caramel and chocolate and well but salted caramel is really oh, it's all good awesome. it's all great yeah so it's just we're we're experimenting with that i guess and it works um so kimberly why masabe is that right i think so we'll go uh, with that sure tell us if we're wrong kimberly yes um from fine cooking has a quote that we picked up here sodium ions zero in on bitter flavor compounds and suppress them, making the sweet flavors seem stronger. Mm -hmm. So that's that's some of the chemistry of how it works, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, why we're in Nature Smart, right. I guess. And, right. Well, there's also uh, in this article, if you go read this article, she also has a spot where she talks about how um, brining meat oh, yeah. can can uh, soften it and, and give it more tenderness and juiciness. Yes. Uh, so if you if you stick your turkey in a, in a bucket of salt water before you cook it, yes. it has a tendency to be a lot more, um, lot juicy, more juicy and, and flavorful. Yes, yeah. yes. Right. As we have done sometimes. Yes. And so that's where you can connect this with the Christian life is that we want to suppress the bitter Yep. And we want to be juicy and flavorful. And bring out the bring out the good feeling. Bring, bring, bring out, out the, the good sweetness. flavor. Right. Right. So for a special effect, you can hand out packets of salt or maybe pass around some some salt shakers if you don't have the little packets. Uh, so that people can add it to their food later um, or even right then in, in the in the service. You know, just take take a shake and let take a lick. And uh of course, people who are on a, a restricted diet will have to choose wisely on that. So, okay. Anyway, last thing, uh, self smart. We've got a special uh, special effect. Some questions for you to ponder and to uh, give to your folks to ponder on their own. Pay attention to the things that you do that do something to you. So these are the salty things or the things that bring light. Uh, how, how are you salt? How are you light? Uh, what are those things? And how do they make you salty? Or how do they deplete your saltiness? The things that you do, mm. um, that do something to you, those things that get your attention and that you're going to do this thing. I'm going to do the thing. Uh -huh. So uh, how does that, how does that, how does that uh, enhance or detract from your saltiness? Your, your Christian saltiness. Right. Your spiritual Christian saltiness. Right. Yeah. Saltiness. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on. The epistle lesson for year A, Ordinary 5, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, with the optional edition of verses 13 through 16. We're not touching those. Uh, we're going to stick with 1 through 12. And the New Revised Standard Version has some very handy... Um, uh, 
section heading, heading, subheadings. Subheadings, yeah. Um, so verses two through five is headed is titled "Proclaiming Christ Crucified," and this is where Paul talks about how his initial re- uh, interaction with the Corinthians and how he came to them and proclaimed Christ to them. I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Um, my speech and proclamation proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Uh, continues on to verse 6 through 12, the, uh, tit- the title of that subheading is The True Wisdom of God, kind of continuing on with the previous theme from uh, chapter 1, with God's wisdom being wiser than fool, our fool, no, God's foolishness being wiser than our wisdom, right. and God's uh, weakness being yeah. stronger than our strength. power, strength, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, so it kind of continues on in, in that particular vein. So we are looking, going to look at only two of the intelligences because that's all we could find time for. <laughs> uh, we're at the beach. Uh, so David is going to uh, do a math, uh, math smart illustration for you. And I will be doing a self smart special effect. So let's go to math. Okay. I was... Struck in in the particularly in this well I guess the whole way through it that, that Paul is continually uh, deflecting attention from himself except in as much as he says look what I didn't do <laughs> <laughs> you know so but um, uh, I got to thinking about the, this being a, a form of self effacement uh, as a rhetorical uh, device okay. And so I, I went looking for that, and uh, it, it could be word smart because of, of rhetoric. rhetoric, but mm-hmm. the logic of, of it, uh, of rhetoric, is why I ended up putting it in math. There's a book called The Rhetoric of Western Thought from the Mediterranean World to the Global Setting by James L. Golden, and uh, found a, a passage where he's discussing Plato and uh, Plato's dialectic, and he's uh, having a conversation with Socrates. Mm-hmm. And they're discussing rhetoric and what is true rhetoric and what is false rhetoric. And the false rhetoric is, is one that is self-aggrandizing and draws attention to oneself and, and such, whereas what he refers to as truthful, self-effacing, and real rhetoric is is the true rhetoric, and that's what he has adopted for himself. And so you see it in in the writing that that's the style that he is using is the self-effacing effacement. Uh, Paul also seems then to have done this. Uh, he, you know, he tries here, and as he records himself having done. Uh, initially with the Corinthians, is to take the focus off himself as the messenger and put the attention on the power of God and the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So to to use that as a rhetorical device is, is what we're going for here. Mm-hmm. So um, that was it. Okay. All right. For Shell Smart, we're looking at verse 11 where Paul... Oh, well, I, I might say... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just had a thought that, you know, it it, it might be um, interesting to explore where we see 
self-effacement being used um, in a in a positive way in our culture these days because it doesn't happen a lot. Not a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it and, sure doesn't. And uh, and how that feels as a receiver um, in our day, if someone were self-effacing, is that a positive? Is that taken as a positive thing? Right. So. It depends on how it's done. Yeah, but that's yeah. a little more self and people stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Okay. Uh, looking at verse 11 where Paul says, For what human being knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within. So for a special effect, ask people to choose some of their favorite things, like a favorite dessert, a pastime, a color, a vacation spot, and then ask, How do you know those things are your favorites? This is an ontological and epistemological question. Did I say that right? Yes. Epistemological? Mm-hmm. You. Uh, how do you know what you know, and how does it make you who you are? Paul would say, perhaps, that your spirit within you knows you. And you can add some body smart to this by playing a game called Druther, where you would give them a choice between two things and they have to line up on a continuum to show their answers. This would probably only really work with a small and a willing crowd, but it could be fun and it could help cement the concept. Mm -hmm. So if you've got some folks who are willing to give it a try, you know, uh, you, you, and in this one you would have to have uh, two different kinds of dessert, pie or cake, right, and then right. they line up. Yeah. And I mean, and if they, you could, you could give them the option of either going to those two extremes and staying there or lining up on a continuum. And if people are right in the middle, you should probably ask them what their favorite dessert yeah, is because well, yeah. it's obviously not cake or pie. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the name Druther comes from would, would you rather. rather. Yeah. Yeah. Would Druthers? Would Druther. Druthers. Um, and I suppose you could do that uh, by having some volunteers yeah, who come would up. Uh-huh. come up and uh-huh. if you have a, a If you have a big crowd. crowd. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Okay, let's go on. The Old Testament lesson for year A, Ordinary 5, is Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 9a, and optionally 9b through 12, which we did not approach this time. Uh, So this is uh, a prophetic oracle against the people who are um, uh, trying to get the Lord's attention by by fasting, but uh, not getting anywhere with it. And they don't understand why. And so the prophet and the Lord are letting them know. Uh, So they're saying, we fast and we fast and you don't notice. And God says, it's because of how you're doing that. Uh, you you quarrel with each other and you exploit your workers while you're doing it. And you're, you're being miserable human beings while you're fasting. So uh, you're doing it wrong, basically. And uh, that's not the fast that I'm looking for. The fast that I want is to loose the bonds of injustice and undo the thongs of the yoke and let the oppressed go free. Share your bread with the hungry and take the homeless poor into your house and cover the naked. So that's how you let your light shine and your light will break forth like the dawn. So that's cool. Fits nicely with the uh, Sermon on the Mount. It's almost like Jesus had heard these things before, maybe, (laughs) and uh, was working with that material. So... 
We have uh, both special effects and illustrations for Math Smart and Body Smart, illustration in Music Smart, and a special effect for Self Smart. So uh, I'm going to start off with math. And that first chunk there in verses two through five, the uh, people are expressing their expectations that, hey, we're fasting, so God should do something for us, right? So it's very transactional. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, so uh, th their expectations are that their pitiful little fast will move the heart of the Lord just because it's a fast. And that's sort of like expecting that you could lift a house using a ruler and a piece of cork or something just because it's a lever. Right. And so I'm doing it. It's I'm, the it's proper a, tool. It's the right tool. Why isn't it working? Right. Um, so uh, it's math for the science of it and, and their misshapen logic, I guess, also. Um, for a special effect, have a ruler and a piece of cork to use as a fulcrum and, and use your lever uh, and show that it works to, you know, lift a book or, or, or a box, a of box Kleenex. or yeah. something like that. <laughs> but then, you know, try to imagine moving your church building off its foundation by using that lever. And uh, it's not going to work very well. Nope. Not going to work. For Body Smart, uh, we're looking at the... Um uh, what is the fasting that is in this passage? Uh, fasting is frequently shown in, in throughout Scripture as being a, a method of repentance. And repentance not being, oh, I feel so sorry for that, uh, but a, a repentance being changing your mind, uh, getting changing a new perspective. Yeah. yeah. So for body smart, thinking about fasting, how does fasting in our lives equal repentance? Most of the time, fasting is done for blood work, so we can have blood work done. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's done to eliminate a part of your diet. That might be problematic. And sometimes it's to change eating behaviors. You're put on a particular kind of diet, and you fast from a particular kind of thing in your diet, and you lose some weight, you feel a little better. So all of these forms of fasting are a turning around or a repenting. Mm -hmm. If you think of it. So uh, if, if you want to talk about um, a, a fast of repentance, and you know, that's what John the Baptist was talking about in Matthew's gospel the last few weeks, right. a couple of weeks ago too, uh, is you know, when, you, when you fast, you're changing things. Mm -hmm. You're changing things. And for specific reasons, but you are changing things. So for a special effect, if you or anyone else have ever fasted, what was the reason? And better yet, what was the result? And a personal note, I've been on a low-carbohydrate fast, or a diet, for the last three and a half months. Uh, the last time we were at the beach is when I started this, right. and it really did require a lot of changing my mind that, you know, I wasn't going to die if I didn't get a bagel every morning. <laughs> but not having a bagel every morning for the last three and a half months, I've dropped 20 pounds, hey. and I do feel better. For Music Smart, the people's complaint seems to me, anyway, that people's complaint is like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal when they should be playing the melody on the harp or the lyre, to use some biblical <laughs> musical references. Another illustration that you might uh, choose is that they're like the trumpet section in a middle school orchestra. 
<laughs> they think they should be heard all the time by everybody. But instead, they're really supposed to be there to support the other sections and, and you know, kind of be in the background. But no, that's not how that, that, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Middle school trumpet sections. Having been in one yes. myself, it's like... Uh-huh. And having been in a different section in a middle school, <laughs> I, I can I can attest to that. Yes, it's yeah. annoying, especially when the saxophones get it into their heads that they have to compete with the trumpets, and then the <laughs> trombones and the low brass get it into their minds too. So you us poor clarinets and flutists, good heavens, you can't hear us at all. What are we gonna do? Uh, so for finally a self smart uh, special effect. Um, when have you wildly underestimated your partner's expectations of a relationship? This kind of goes back to the, the, the Israelites saying, well, we fasting, God, why aren't you doing anything? Um, they totally and wildly uh, goofed on their expectations. So what is at the root of your misinterpretation, if you've ever had that kind of a major uh, bung up with with a with a, a relationship, was it a change on your partner's part? Uh, was it your own selfishness or blinders? And when have you been on the other side of that equation? What happened when you pointed out that your partner had misread the situation? So that's some self-smart to be thinking about those relationships in your own life. And then you can maybe turn it into a people-smart self uh, special effect by going and finding that person and saying, Mm. we need to talk. (laughs) Which might have been how that conversation originally started. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please ask us questions or leave us a comment on our website, morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or send us a tweet at at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions or maybe got an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They work together with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or good old RSS, or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org feed podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store or any of these directories. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Do I need this part? No problem.